This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, this morning, Premier Kathleen Wynne unveiled her government's plan to lower Ontario's carbon footprint. That's a six to eight billion dollar plan. It includes things like up to six hundred million to help homeowners install low carbon for for heating and water, another four hundred million to get rid of old wood stoves, two hundred and twenty million in rebates for people who buy or build their own net zero carbon emission homes up to $1.3 billion to offset the cost of climate change initiatives on residential and industrial electricity bills. And the list goes on. They're also introducing more incentives for people to buy electric vehicles in addition to the $14,000 already on offer, rebates of up to $1,000 to install a home charging station, and uh, it's going to ask the federal government to eliminate HST on electric vehicles. I'm wondering if people who can afford Teslas actually need all that. As I said, they say this will cost 6 to $8 billion over the next five years and that the money will come from the cap-and-trade program. As for our bills, they are saying it will add 5 bucks to home heating bills every month and 4.3 cents a litre to the price of gasoline. So, who believes those numbers? The numbers to call here, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And on the line, I have Greg Payne, Vice President of Greenship Financial. Welcome. Thank you. So what do you think of this plan? Well, it's uh, quite a list that you uh, enumerated there. And, and I think the first reaction is that it's, um, uh, it's a little bit ambitious, uh, to say the least, a little bit ambitious in scope, um, with a lot of prescriptions and money pots for uh, um, various technologies and applications uh, over fairly long time frames that are changing very fast uh, um, and are unpredictable. So... Uh, you know, generally we would favor something that's uh, um, more simple, sets uh, sets a price or, or uh, you know, a one-dimensional or, or less dimensions than they're offering in this plan uh, uh, incentives, um, and allows the market to uh, sort out where it's best to uh, uh, where it's best to put its resources in order to meet uh, um, uh, or in order to respond to those signals. Okay, well, let's let's take one number. So they say the program will cost six to eight billion dollars, and don't worry, people, it's all going to come from this cap and trade. Do you believe that? Well, a lot depends on how the cap and trade is set up. I mean, they're participating in something called the Western Climate Initiative, which has been uh, um, on the drawing board for a long time, with a couple of U.S. states and Canadian provinces participating, and uh, you know they're looking to um, auction off the permits. It'll depend whether they. Uh, Set the climate emissions, or the carbon emissions permits at the uh, at the right level, and uh, and then it'll depend on what the private sector is willing to bid for them. Uh, it's possible that they'll raise that much. Obviously, uh, uh, those companies will have to pass on their costs to their end consumers, and that's why you hear about 
the amounts and the energy bills uh, um, that consumers may be forced to pay in extra. But certainly these auction prices um, are not as predictable uh, as they may make it sound with those numbers. Uh, and there's been examples in the past where these, uh, these types of schemes haven't raised the kind of money they expected. Or in some cases, they've raised more than expected, too. But, uh, you know, we would generally prefer a carbon tax um, which is basically just an energy tax, something like what BC has in place, uh, where it's much more predictable the amount that's going to be raised. Um, as for the numbers that they're saying uh, that will be the cost to us, five bucks only, another five bucks on home heating bills, and only four point three cents a liter, the price of gas. Would you say those are accurate, Greg? That's. Difficult to say, to be honest. I mean, I think that uh, um, you know, four four cents on the price uh, on the price of gas, uh, given how much gas is consumed, that can uh, raise a lot of the money that they're talking about. So it's um, it's possible, but then there, there's a lot of uh, other um, industrial participants. Uh, if you think of um, you know the resource area like uh, mining or transportation or manufacturing, where uh, it may not flow directly to utility bills, but um, uh, consumers will face uh, either consumers or the industrial uh, participants who are responsible for jobs in the, in the province as well are going to face increased costs. So I'm not sure that's a, um, a comprehensive uh, uh, list of, of how the cost will play through into the economy. Well, exactly. At the end of the day, uh, there, there's only uh, one pocket, and it's ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, one way or another, indirectly, it's going to uh, trickle down, as they say. And uh, do you think that it's going to have um, a bad effect on the economy overall? Uh, not, you know, not necessarily, although I, I do think the way it's constructed, I, I would say that I mean, we would support a, a carbon tax, which would increase utility bills and, and other consumer costs. But what, what we would have really liked to see in any of these policies is something that's revenue neutral. In other words, uh, that whatever the government's taking in, they're giving back. And now they would say that maybe that's the case with all the grab bag of, uh, you know, incentives and subsidies they have for things like electric cars and the like, that they're giving it back. But they're not giving it back to the same people they're taking it from. Uh, inevitably, that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> generally the way it works. Yeah, inevitably, that's generally the way it works. But they're giving it to people, you know, they're giving it for new products, which are generally premium products, which are generally going to be, by, uh, be bought by the... Uh, Higher income uh, portions of the population, and they're you know they're taking it from uh, the broader consumer base. So arguably, it's a regressive policy. Well, ex- exactly. I'm wondering, do we really need more incentives for electric cars? Every wealthy person that I know just loves a Tesla, and some of those cars. I know they're coming out with a low cost one at thirty grand, but the, those cars cost over a hundred thousand dollars. Do those people need rebates? Yeah, I don't think we need to be subsidizing these things at all. Frankly, I think the, the like consumer products need to be able to stand on their own economically in the market. And Tesla appears to be doing just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, um, and doesn't need the subsidies. And if it did need the subsidies, then they need to work on their costs and their product offering. Uh, let the market uh, do its work there. In terms of making the policy revenue neutral overall, we would have much preferred just lowering the provincial sales tax uh, and uh, whatever you're collecting in carbon tax or cap-and-trade auction revenues that you give it back to the uh, population at large through a reduction in uh, um, you know, provincial sales tax or income taxes, but something that's more progressive and uh, 
uh, more balanced than offering subsidies to uh, for premium products that are being bought by the higher end uh, income in the population. I think the population would have also liked to get it back in lower sales tax. Greg, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.